All right, all right, all right. Welcome in Toilets to Titles. This is episode number 173. We are joined by a face we have not seen in a little bit. I mean, longer than, than I'm used to in the office. You know, John, John and John and Justin, we are, we are like a trio. You know, you couldn't separate us. And we've all gotten very busy. And John's pushing out content left and right. And he's, he's providing analysis for all of those that are diving into rookie prospects and Debbie prospects. So we are very grateful to have him on this evening. So tonight's episode it's NFL Draft and Dynasty Fantasy Football Rookie Landscapes with uh, John Lau. All right, John? And and uh, I basically introduced the fella. John, how are we doing this evening? I'm doing great. I was with your teammate last night, Nino, in his new show, Primetime. I was lucky enough to be his first guest ever. So that's, that's a nice honor. And now I get to spend the time with you. And you know, Coach, I was thinking it. I think I've been on with you like 10 or 12 times now, at least. It's been a lot. Yeah. You're probably, you know, you're probably in the top two most appeared shows that I've been on. So I appreciate that very much. And we love this time of the year. We've done all kinds of stuff. Mock drafts, rookie profiles, Debbie drafts, dynasty mock drafts. I've done all kinds of stuff with Justin and Coach here. Yeah. Well, my, uh, I had a buddy reach out to me like the first time you were on and he was like, it was electric, <laughs> but you, you know, like you guys, the, the analysis, the back and forth, it was electric, but also with me this evening, my co-host, my running mate, one half, rather <laughs> one third of uh toilets of titles. That's Justin Stevens at Justin FF underscore Justin. What's cooking. Hey, so uh, for those of you watching from home, you know, every once in a while I have to explain my background, but um, for those of you that can see, we have uh, four of the uh, legends from our time. Uh, in football from back in the day growing up it was these guys back here behind me Peyton Manning um, Jerry Rice Barry Sanders and the like if we're gonna have the legend the living legend on the show I felt like I needed him to be supported by somebody of his equal so that's why I've got these guys back here behind me but down below me John Lobman we absolutely love you to death we appreciate you and thanks for coming on again you know what's sad now I'm so old I remember Barry Sanders at Oklahoma State, and this was before ESPN like catapulted into televising every game. So Oklahoma State was sometimes on late at night or weird, and, and if they were even on, right? So you're talking about long, what, what's he, 87, 88? He wins the Heisman. And I remember the numbers coming in, like when you would get the Sunday or Monday box score. And you're like looking at this guy and you're like, Wait a second. In four weeks, he has a 1,000 yards at Oklahoma State. Like, who is this guy? And I think he ended up with, like, 2,500 yards rushing that year. and one of the great holiday bowls of all time. And there were questions. He came out in a great draft. I'll just go off on a tangent a little bit with Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, Deion Sanders, Derek Thomas. And, oh, my God, who was the offensive lineman? Why can't I remember him? The Packers picked him. The, the one guy, there was four great Hall of Famers the Packers picked. Um, he was the offensive tackle from Michigan State. Oh, my God, why can't I remember his name now? Anyways. We won't. Tony Mandarich. Tony <laughs> Mandarich. So, there was four Hall of Famers in five picks. And the Packers at number two picked the only non-Hall of Famer. And that was Tony Mandridge, who had like a – he ended up having a decent career. Like if he wasn't the number two overall pick, 
cover of Sports Illustrated. You know, you would have thought he was an all right player. But the fact he was supposed to be, you know, Anthony Munoz, you know, of the Bengals at the time, that you can't even, you can't fathom that they got the one guy followed by, you know, it was Troy Aikman, Tony Mandridge, Barry Sanders. And then I forget if it was Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders, and Deion Sanders, Derek Thomas. They were always, they were back-to-back, the Chiefs. And the, um, so I, that's how long I'm looking at that. Those are the thoughts that immediately come to mind. Oh, my God, I've been watching this for a long time. Man, what, what, we need to just do an episode where Justin just generates like 10 wallpapers. And <laughs> we, he'll just like, like slides, just slide through them. And we can just give you the floor and, and let you discuss them. But this is incredible. <laughs> I, I see Nino and Dennis are in here. Dennis, what's happening to Nino? Who John had mentioned he's on. So our, our sister network, the CFB Nation, you want to go and subscribe to them on YouTube. They're at like 375. There is no reason they should be any less than a thousand subscribers. The content coming out there is absolutely phenomenal. So go check that out. And John was on the, the first episode of uh, CFB Nation, the, the prime spot. So you want to go check that out. And, uh, and, and some Debbie Nuggets. Debbie Nuggets for you. Yeah. Yeah. So those of you who play in Debbie Fantasy Football, that, that is the spot for you. And Dennis, Dennis was uh, grinding, man. Dennis is grinding getting us access to all of these programs. And for the most part, it's been college programs. We're trying to, trying to dip our feet into some NFL programs. And I was just out in West Point this evening. I'm, I have my dinner right here. Uh, I was running a little late, running to get here so we could record this episode. But, but shout out to you, Dennis. I really appreciate that. All right, John, man. Uh, I want to talk about some prospects this evening. We're gonna we're gonna kind of dive around. I want to hear a little bit about Debbie. I know you did that on Nino's show last night. I just want to hear a few guys. But before we mention that, John, I want to tell you and I want to tell the rest of the people that are listening here at Toilets Titles, we are doing a mock draft challenge with the fellows over at the Draft Countdown, with the fellows and, and, and ladies over at DraftCountdown.com. What we're doing is. You're going to submit the first round. We have a link. Shane set it all up. You submit a first round mock. You got to be subscribed to Draft Countdown's YouTube. You got to be subscribed to Toilet's Titles YouTube. You do that. You link up, and then you can uh, go ahead and put your mock in there. For every 10 people that join, we are going to put 20 bucks in. All right? We're going to cap the pot at $500 in the first round. Whoever has the best mock will win $500, and just like that, the wizard arrived in, and now we got some we got some beautiful magic. All right, John, let's talk about some running backs in the Debbie class. I want to hear about your top five running backs in Debbie right now. All right, so give me half a second. Let me open up my rankings here. Um, so I was just quickly thinking more about the um <clears throat> the uh, the class, this class. My top five going backwards. I'll go from five to one. Nicholas Singleton, Penn State, Will Shipley. Um, Clemson, Quinchon Junkins, Mississippi, Trayvon Henderson, Ohio State, and Raheem Sanders, Arkansas. Those are right now my top five Debbie prospects. Before I get into the film work, I don't have time right now to get into my deep summer film work. You know, I'm a teacher, so I have more time in the summer to, you know, I can get up and watch three players over, you know, before the family gets up, put it that way, right? Get, get that loan time. Sitting oh man, in my office doing all that. Um, but you know, I, I I put the numbers in my model. I watched many of them play last year, but I don't want to be you know film grinding is different than watching players play because I was film grinding, game grinding, 
watching this year's class. Yeah. So it takes me, you know, I have an idea. I've seen all these players play, put in the numbers in my model. I just haven't, you know, sat there for two hours, watched Raheem Sanders. You know, that's right. what I, that's what I got to do over the summer in more detail. It's funny that your down season is the summer. I run a yeah. heating and air conditioning business. And oh. my, so the summer is like, I am, my head is spinning in the summer. So right now, spring and fall. So we've been grinding. Go to toiletsandtitles.com. I believe we have like 105 player profiles up there. I got my positional ranking. So you can go and check that out. John, I didn't give you a chance to discuss where all your content is. So before we move on to the next bit here, why don't you let everybody know where they can find your content? Oh, thanks, my friend. You can follow me on Twitter at GridironScout91. It's just flashed on the screen right there. Thanks, gentlemen. I'll follow you. I'll follow you back. Or you can DM me, ask me questions. I love it. My written content, I can't believe I'm sold. It's my 10th year on footballdiards.com. It's been a decade I've been doing those profiles. Um, They've changed. They've evolved. I have a full model now. There's a link with my model, all the stats that I look for. You know, every, you can see how I'm thinking, how I'm grading you. It's cool to disagree, but this is what I'm showing you and what I think about these players. And then I have on the um, YouTube, type in Rookie Big Board, and my partner Matt Hicks and I, we have 32 profiles up right now of individual prospects, and we have a sleepers episode up with 10 more prospects. So we have about 42 players covered skill positions. We're just doing fantasy football skill positions. But we have about 42 players covered in video series. You're a senior bowl primer oh, i did that too you're right was oh was an absolute blessing justin knows man we we went down for the first time we plan on going every year but your senior ball primer had me set and ready to go thanks to you i studied mike wilson before i went to the senior bowl and i was prepared for the mike wilson breakout yeah so, yeah. so I, I i do appreciate that john i'm gonna put you on the spot one more time before we sure. talk about this year's class if you had to say, I know Caleb Williams is going to be the 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 Heisman, like he's the favorite. Yeah. There was one guy that you might think, hey, he might be a little under the radar. That if you were a betting man like Justin, he likes to bet all, all the time. I have to tell him to slow down because he's going to lose everything he's got. If you, hey, if hey, you, hey, hey. Uh, Lori's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, betting dollar, yes, <laughs> yeah. If you were a betting man. Where would like some good odds be, you think? So I'm always looking for odds. So last year I bet 20 bucks on Hendon Hooker to win the Heisman. It didn't turn out, but you know what? My reward would have been incredible. And he came close. I mean, if he doesn't get hurt and Tennessee runs a table, who knows? So I'll tell you who I like as a long shot this year, because realistically, we have to go quarterback. Unfortunately, the award has become a quarterback award. I know we had Devonta Smith. That's an anomaly. And it might happen again. We could always get an anomaly. But if I'm going to go quarterback and I want big odds, I'm looking for something where I get 20 bucks, but I can get 500 bucks in return. I'm going to go Michael Penix out of the University of Washington, the quarterback there. They have a chance at running the table. I think Washington's improving in the right direction. I'm much higher on Michael Penix than other people. You've got to win the Pac-10, Pac-12. If Michael Penix could beat Caleb Williams in the game of the year in the pack, which I expect, maybe, you know, but if they, if, if Washington can upset USC, Michael Penix is a nice bet 
you're going to bet on that one game. Basically, that's what you're betting on. Hey, I I got I had a Hendon Hooker. I said it's all going to depend on Oklahoma. I mean, against Alabama, he did it. He just got hurt like the next week or the week after. I mean, he did everything I expected, and you can't control injuries anyway. But I, love uh, it. I, I think Penix versus Caleb Williams will decide a lot in the Pac-12 and the national championship and the Heisman winner. Right. And, and if you follow CFB Nation on Twitter, you've, you'd have heard a little bit about Penix. I know Nino's been talking him up. So, he's, so. A, he's a good player that no one's yeah. won. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, excellent. All right, let's move into this year's draft class. The 2023 NFL draft is very, very close, and we are super excited. But there are some players out there that some people are a little overexcited, right? These guys are overrated. I want. I saw you 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 published some, uh, an article overrated rookies, right? So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's let's tell us a little bit about some guys you think we need to cool our jets on. Sure. Let me go by position. Let me open up first one. I mean, by now, I don't even know if it's really overrated anymore, but Will Levis, I've been saying it since December, and people thought I was crazy when I had Hendon Hooker over Will Levis, but I had watched too much film. I think there were people, and I, I look, everyone has their own analysis and how they do things, and I know not everyone's like an actual grinder of game watching or tape analysis. I never liked Will Levis. People thought I was crazy. I think a lot of people put him there because Mel Kuyper had him at number one. And they were just literally copying Mel Kuyper. Now, how come how Mel Kuyper had him number one, I just don't understand. And I like Mel, so it's not. He's been great for our industry. He's been great. I mean, I've been watching him for over 35 years. So it's not about that. And, and there's players I like who haven't panned out. So that's not the point. But he has such a big voice in the industry that when he says something, people just follow on the train. I never saw it with Will Levis. Like, literally never saw it. Remember, he was – there were people mocking him as number one as early as, like, in January. And I just thought that was massively insane. Now you see the train has turned. It's actually come off the tracks in, in a way. People have like, oh, we actually watch the tape now. There's some real problems with him. <laughs> There's some real concerns, you know, and then, and I had Hooker at number four. I still do. People thought, like, I think I brought up his name on shows where people didn't even know who he was. Like, they had never looked at the list. They never watched college football. They didn't look at, and I get it. People are obsessed with the NFL, so they're doing NFL, right? So that makes some sense. I get it sometimes. But Hooker, I get I it sometimes. He the <laughs> his numbers are better. Man, Hooker. So I, I wonder now if Will Levis falls out of the first round, my friends. Man, what about some wide receivers? I, I know I, I heard uh, Jim Nagy was saying basically that we, Twitter, the media is a lot higher on these wide receivers than NFL GMs are. And he stated he wouldn't be surprised if only one wide receiver goes in the first round and that being jackson smith and the jigba are there any wide receivers you think that were, they're getting a little too much hype oh well i okay so i will say number one is quentin johnson i don't think i draft him in the first round he has some serious holes in his game um i get the athleticism i get the physicality when he wants to his film is wildly inconsistent he has problems at the catch point 
he disappears from games at long, long periods of time. So I think he falls. I think when you look at Jordan Addison and Josh Downs, even though I like them very much. I love Downs. I, I know, but I don't think you draft the kid who's 5'9", 171 in the first round. My oh, no. Friend. Oh, no. And, and so I think same thing with Jordan Addison. I would not. Now, he might go late first round, Addison, right? He might be the type of player, a player. Politnikoff who, winner, right? He's got that. Yeah, got. from Pittsburgh two years ago. Um, I would not be. I think right now there's going to be two wide receivers in the first round. I really do. I could be totally wrong. But I think we're only going to see JSN and Zay Flowers. I, From what I can tell, they're the only two in the first round. I mocked uh, – we're doing a mock on uh, the Toilets of Titles Gilded Chat. Get in there. We have a lot of fun in there. And I mocked Zay Flowers to the Baltimore Ravens today. Oh, oh I love Zay. Everyone's got New England or Baltimore. That's like the death zone. Like, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't want my man to go to. The, I want him to San Diego with Justin Herbert. Please. Yeah. Oh man, that that'd be Ooh. incredible. I, I would like Ted, uh, um, San Diego, or rather LA, the Chargers, to draft. Oh, yes, yes. Get, Sorry, get like LA. I don't think Jalen Hyatt. I have him outside my top four. I think I'm I have him. a second round grade on him. I have him at number seven. Okay, Let me so double check for you. I have him somewhere between. You know, I could double check. I have my own rankings. I have Let number seven. Let me check. I have him at I have him at six or five. I have him at five. So Same, close. I, I think that I would like to see him in the second round to the Chargers. You put him in there, let him stretch the field like that with Justin Herbert. That would be very, very exciting. But John, now let, let's what, what about tight ends? Is there anybody? Is there a tight end? I watched Musgrave today. I like him, but his routes aren't very crisp. Uh, he's more—he's got a very good catch radius, and he's very good at extending for the ball outside of his body. But I just—the the routes, the the transitions, the creating separation—I see that as a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, I have Musgrave at number four because the athleticism is athleticism is pretty impressive. I can't put him higher than four because of the production. He just hasn't been on the field. And even though I think he'll be okay from the injuries, what's the long-term factor and the impact on them? I like him. I'm not in love with him. I have a second round slash third round grade. I know there are people at Musgrave in the top two. I'm not that bullish on him. I think he's very interesting. I mean, in a perfect world, if I'm like a GM and I'm thinking out loud, he would be a nice pick in the third round, right? I'm not spending too much capital on him, but I'm having an opportunity where I'm banking on athleticism to finally blossom at the NFL level, which is a risk, definitely. I mean, there's no guarantee that athleticism comes out at the NFL level. But I have him at number four. There are other players I would like more than Luke, Luke Musgrave at the, at the cost that you're probably going to have to pay in the NFL draft. Excellent. Excellent. So we, we talked about some people that are overrated and a few we're going to get into your favorite players right at the top of the board. But I want to talk about some sleepers. So these aren't necessarily your favorite guys, but some guys that you think they might pop up and surprise somebody. Well, would you like to go by position? How would you like to do or just so anyone, we, could, we, like we could go by position? I mean, we could start with running back or wide receiver, you know, the, the big the big name skill positions. Or if you just have guys in the back of your head. You know, it's it, it's really the, the floor is yours. 
All right, so let's go. If you want a, a, a quarterback who might have a journeyman's career, could be a Gardner Minshew. For us old guys, Don Strock, who played for the Dolphins in the 70s and 80s, you know, a guy who hangs around the league for a long time will have an opportunity to play games here and there. Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. He's a pretty interesting quarterback from an NFL level. Now, fantasy is, is capped because he doesn't have any rushing upside. He had 109 rushing yards in college. Now, remember, in college, the way they score it, you get sacked. It comes off your rushing totals. But, you know, I mean, you look at a guy like Hendon Hooker has over 2,000 rushing yards. So, you know, I mean, it's still comparing apples to apples. But Hayner has a really nice arm. He's smart. He, he understands the field. Maybe he turns out to be a John Kitna. You know, that type of player. I think Kitna started a lot of games for the Seahawks and for the Cincinnati Bengals by the end of his career, right? He, he had a nice little career. Hayner could be – Good coach, too. Yeah. Dak had, oh, yeah, Dak had right. his, best career, his best seasons with Kitna there in Dallas. There you go. Oh, that's right. He was in Dallas, too. Yeah. So, I think Kitna – you know, so you, to me, Hayner's like a Kitna, Gardner, Minshew-type Don Strock for us old folks. Just a guy who understands the game. He won't lose a game for you if you need a start, uh, 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 a spot start. You know, you need him for two weeks while your quarterback's injured. He won't lose the game. He won't throw four picks. Might not win it, but he won't lose it. So I think he has a really nice career. Let's go to the um, running back position. Well, before uh, we go to the running back right. with quarterback, what do you think of Clayton Toon? Whoa, you have to tap into some real athleticism. It's there, but he makes some processing mistakes. He tries to play hero ball at times. I mean, I loved him from college fantasy football. He helped my team. He was him, him and Tank, right? Yeah, the numbers were outstanding. But when you watch him, he um what he um abandons the pocket too quickly. He doesn't keep his head up when he's looking downfield. Like to be a great scrambler thrower, you have to avoid the pass rush while looking downfield. And Clayton Toon, when he's avoiding the pass rush, he's looking around. He's not looking. Then he stops, and then he's got to readjust and where people are. Well, in the NFL, you're going to get yourself killed. You do that, you're just going to get yourself killed. The defensive linemen are too fast, too big, too quick. They're just going to close on you. Um, I think he probably needs a lot of time to mature. Now, this is something I believe. I'm just going to go on another tangent for a second. Go away. Numbers along the line, the XFL and USFL have to figure out how they can become like a triple A for the NFL. And I specifically mean quarterbacks. Scott Mitchell coming out of the World Football League in the 1990s, played for the Dolphins and the Lions. Then you have like Kurt Warner playing in Arena Football League, and we all know the story of Kurt Warner. We need quarterbacks in this league, but quarterbacks need time to develop. And and I think that we've got to they've got to figure out a way to do that. I'm not I'm not saying I have the necessary answers, but we need a developmental league, especially for certain positions. You know, maybe, I feel like you've said this before on the show. I and, and oh, I. I maybe I I mean maybe I've talked about developmentally. Yeah. But there was no XFL, USFL. But they they've got to figure something out because these young men need like Jake Hayner needs a year. 
I would love Clayton Toon who could do real beneficial if he played in the USFL right now, right? Like they, they need something. Because look at what happens if, if he's drafted in the sixth round. What happens? He ends up on the practice squad if he's lucky, right? He's the third or fourth string quarterback. If he suits up, that's, you know, because of injuries late in the season or something like that. And they're not ready. Um, who was the Dallas quarterback this year who came in for two or Cooper three Rush. games? What? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. You know, like, imagine if Cooper Rush could play somewhere where he got 10 or 12 games under him. So, because you can see there's parts of Cooper Rush where he has ability, but he doesn't have enough game experience to really bring him to the next level, right? And if you're Cowboys... He's good enough to be your backup, but you would love to see him get more snaps at the NFL level. Yeah, I like so it. You know, let's go to the running back position. I if, if I think I talked to you earlier in the year. I would have said Zach Charbonnet, but he's been too hot now. Yeah, um, I'm he's, not he's, consen- he's consensus running hot. back three. I think Charbonnet. I am too. I absolutely love Charbonnet. Oh, yeah. Power, speed, vision, home run ability, three down back. Yeah, I comped him to James Conner, and I took a victory lap on that because someone on uh, Twitter was, oh, they're, they're playing a completely different style. Charbonnet's much faster, and uh, Charbonnet ran in the four fives. He's quick. He's, he doesn't have long speed, but he does everything well. And, There's not and, one thing he doesn't do well. No, not one thing he doesn't do well, plus he has football speed. Right. We forget that NFL running backs have need to have football speed. That right. means the ability to run the football. Right. Charbonnet can do that. Mm-hmm. There's no question about and he, that. His hands are – he's just silky smooth, man. Like, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I, I've been a big fan for a long time. My number four – so let's just – I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. The guy I love, Israel Abaconda. My number four running back. Absolutely loved him. I posted a tweet. Right around the new year, I ended up watching film during winter vacation because that's when I'm starting my senior bowl research. I'm starting to do stuff. And I was watching some Jordan Addison tape from two years ago, and I saw Izzy. And then I looked up Izzy's numbers, and I started watching more Izzy. And then I looked on the um, Pittsburgh website, and he's 216. I'm like, no way. He's that big? My friends, when I found out he was 215, he's the youngest running back in the class. I've been saying it since mid-January. Izzy's my number four running back. He reminds me of Tiki Barber, if anyone remembers Tiki Barber. And similar, they both have those big, like you don't see shoulder pads like that anymore. And Izzy's got like a wide, he's got the wide shoulder frame. Like he, and he runs behind his pads. I can see that. I didn't see that prior, but now that you mention it, I I love Izzy. I'm with you. I've been on board. Sign me up. And and people don't realize how good Tiki Barber was. He was an amazing running back. Go look at the numbers, people. You're going to be blown away at how good Tiki Barber was. So let's. So since those guys have now kind of climbed boards, and I loot now Tajay Spears, people like. So let's go a little deeper. I am very intrigued by Evan Hull now. Okay, Northwestern. Um, I watch way too much Big Ten football. People know I'm a Michigan and the UConn fan. And I remember watching Evan Hull in the Nebraska game, and I think he had something ridiculous, like 13 or 14 receptions. And I was like, wow, and I picked him up as a fantasy college football player. And he was good that year. 
that game and, and for about the first six weeks. But I never said he never wowed me, right? Like I never left the Northwestern game going, wow, he is an NFL back. Now, part of it's North looking back, Northwestern isn't a very good football team. So obviously a running back is dependent on his teammates for success, right? When he went to the combine, and I know he impressed a lot of people the senior bowl. I thought he was okay. You know, like I wasn't blown. I thought people liked him a lot better than what my impression was at the senior bowl. But you know what? I have to I have to look at the facts on the ground. He's athletically much bigger, better than I thought. He ran a 4-4-7 in the 40, a 4-3-8 in the 20-yard shuttle, and a 6-9 in the three cone. And he's over 200 pounds at 5'10". Let me see what he is, 209. He had 94 career receptions. You know, you kind of said it with Charbonnet. He's really good at everything. Now, the question, if you're looking for elite talent, I don't know if Evan Hull has one thing that he's elite at, right? Like, we know if Barry Sanders had literally the greatest jump cuts of all time. Huh. No one. <laughs> could, and no one's ever come close to him. Right. Right? Um, so, it... Are you banking on a really good football player? Or do you want the one elite trait, right? Like, I think that's a question every GM and everyone asks themselves, right? What if I have that uber elite trait that is so good? The other stuff doesn't even matter, right? Because I can win. You know, like I joke with Steph Curry. What's his elite trait? He's the best outside shooter ever played the game. Nothing else matters. Right? Like he's so good. Doesn't matter he's short. It doesn't matter that he's undersized. None of that matters. He's just such a good outside shooter. Evan Hall is just a really, really good football player. Right? So I moved him up to number 13 on my boards. And I think he might go in the third round. I think I could see a GM and organization really liking him. If that, that the, the guys have been chatting him up in the T2T Gilded chat, hoping he goes to L.A. With L.A. having issues with oh. Austin Eckler, you know, as a possible Austin Eckler replacement. And this was probably a name that in the vault, that was the name of the house. Yes, our, our house at, in Mobile was named at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Uh, he was probably, besides Tank Dell and Tajay Spears, Evan Hull was probably the third most mentioned name at the vault. So, so the guys, he, he did very well at the senior bowl and, and he won a lot of supporters from uh the t2t and cfb nation team uh i mean go that's ahead, where you guys have an advantage because i can't put my eyeballs on the ground down there um where i watch the tape and what comes across and we'll all kidnap crap. you next year next year we're gonna write a we're gonna write a note to your school john is out <laughs> he's not feeling well we're gonna you ever see um old school yeah, I love it. Well, that's one of the best movies. We'll ever. drive up. We'll drive up in the van while you're grocery shopping, and we'll just throw you in the van. Your family's My boy John. Yeah, yeah. Come on down. That's it, and that, that's and we're going straight to Mobile. All right, I want, I want to talk about wide receivers. Yeah, I have yeah. a wide receiver to mention. I want to see if you've watched them at all and what your interest level is. And it's C.J. Johnson out of Eastern Carolina University. Did you get a chance to watch him? Um, I did. And it's funny. I saw him live against UConn in like 2019 or 20. Yeah. It must've been before COVID. He was a freshman. So I actually saw him live. And let me tell you, when I saw him live, he was so big. If you don't know, he's 6'2", 222 pounds. Brick house. Brick house. And there was no one on the UConn secondary 
who was even close to him. Like everyone must have been 5'9 or 5'10. Like he just stood out compared to everyone else. Like, and I was telling my best friends, you know, sorry, my dog just came home with my wife. Sorry about Your that. Your dog's a Yukon fan. <laughs> he is. Um, so I was just I, I I was saying to my friends on the ride there, they don't do prospect analysis like me. They just like football. Mostly NFL. That's the difference. So I said, wait until we see this guy, CJ Johnson. And they're like, who's that? I'm like, wide receiver, East Carolina. And, you know, in the pregame warmups, I'm looking, look, oh, I'm like, oh, there he is. I said, Steve, man, look at that dude. He is a dude. Like, now, I'll say this. And you're the second person who's asked me. So only two people. I think you're like the 14th or 15th show I've been on. You're only the second one to ask me about him. Always have been a little underwhelmed by him. Big body, good, good player. He should have dominated the American Athletic Conference. And when I mean dominate, remember Anthony Miller coming out of Memphis? Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, Cortland Sutton coming out of SMU. Oh, what, what about Zay Jones? Zay coming Jones out coming out of East Carolina. Yeah, like. I always felt like if you're that dude at that level of competition, you should have your 14 or 1500 yard season. CJ never did that. He was very good. He's very physical, but I don't see separation at the highest levels. That worries me with a big bodied receiver at the NFL level. Yeah. He could just beat cornerbacks and safeties literally with his body and his hands and his frame like he had such big advantage at the nfl level that advantage is like this you know we, we've seen those wide receivers kind of trickle out yeah guys you know I, I always mention i loved kelvin Harmon out of north oh, yeah. carolina state i loved him man and the nfl was like nope can't separate can't separate and that bothers me about cj johnson now you know what's interesting He's a guy who could use a, a USFL year. Right, right. Like get against tougher competition in real games and see what happens. Well, look, uh, who's the kid from Iowa State? Oh, Hakeem Butler. Yeah. Look at He's him getting reps. See, that's so one of the things that I think about is players like Hakeem Butler, right? Ends up in the NFL, can't get off the bench, can't get on the field. Now, at least now in the what's he is he the St. Louis Battle Hawks, I think, something like that. If or the Nate, that, that's Nate's area. Nate would, okay. know. Nate would know. But look at the invaluable experience that he's getting running routes. Like it's what's he doing at the NFL level? Like right? you know, he's playing scout team, he practice squad. That's not you need game experience. So maybe Butler gets on an NFL roster down down the stretch now. He really needed obviously more experience than we thought. And maybe that's what a CJ Johnson could benefit from something like that. Getting in more competition on a better daily basis in practice. Because look, East Carolina doesn't have defensive backs. He's not getting that rep. You know, the one thing that makes guys at LSU and Alabama so good. Can you imagine playing against the LSU and Alabama secondary every day in practice for three oh my years? Gosh. Right? I mean, that's part of them being better is the culture that they are in on a daily basis. You know, if you're East Carolina, you don't have that culture that you're developing at that high level. 
you know, I mean, I, I, I would be honest. I don't even know if there's an East Carolina defensive back in the NFL draft right. Right. I mean, Nino, so that, that's Nino. So, so Nate can tell you about uh, XFL team names and then Nino's probably watched about 35 corners. So yeah, if, yeah. He, if he's still in here, he could let us know if there's an ECU guy, you know, and if CJ wasn't playing against them, well, you know, he's not getting the reps that he needs. So I I'm intrigued. He's in my top 30, but I, I, I don't, I think there's a chance he's an undrafted free agent. Got it. Got it. I just, there's something about the big body wide receiver. I, I, I got him in, I got him 20. Uh, so, yeah. We, I will say this coach. If it was six years ago, I'd have him number 20, but the NFL has changed what they're, the game. Yeah. So I haven't yet, John. I got <laughs> I got it. But I do like my Josh Downs, man. I I've said it. He's yeah. Cole. He's Cole Beasley with the booster pack. You, 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 you put a rocket on it on Cole Beasley's back. That's Josh Downs. But why don't you tell us, I, I told you my sleeper wide receiver. Who's your sleeper wide receiver? Well, let me go then. You know, I'm going to go deep too because I like the fact that you grab C.J. Johnson, which is a name people might not know. One player that I like that I find interesting is Bryce Ford Wheaton. Now, I think he's all over the board grade-wise. I think there's – you talk about a big receiver. My friend, he's 6'4", 221. But what really makes him in my book? And I wasn't overly impressed watching him at West Virginia. I actually thought he was a little bit of a disappointment because I had targeted him in my college fantasy football leagues because I had read about him. His athleticism was off the charts. You go to West Virginia's athletic, you know, their roster, and he's a big-bodied receiver. He should be able to dominate the Big 12. He just never did. But, man, I have to reevaluate and open my eyes when new data comes in. He ran a 4-3-8. At 6'4", 221, that's insanity. And not only does he have outright long distance speed, he's got burst and acceleration. He ran a 4.15 in the 20-yard shuttle and a 6.97 in the three-cone drill. So what I see, and then I had to go back and look at the film, I think there might be some lack of coaching. He doesn't get separation, which doesn't make any sense athletically. How is this man with those athletic skills not getting separation on tape? Like, so is it the scheme? Is West Virginia not coaching them up? I mean, you're talking about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add onto my list. I'm gonna watch, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we do DM. I'm gonna DM you. I'm gonna try to figure out why this guy's not creating separation. Yeah, like it's mind blowing because you like look at man. He should be able to get off the line of scrimmage. So you know, I think about. Uh, my school where I teach, my town, they're really good at track. So we're like the best the best city in the state of Connecticut for track. And we actually have in our city people go and earn track scholarships, right? So I've had track students in my school classes, and I talk to them a lot. And I talk to them about the start, like in the 100 meters, right? And how coaching makes on the on the high hurdles and getting off the blocks. If you don't get off the blocks at the Olympic level – Like, you're done. You're done. You know, like, you have to be perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, And same thing with the high hurdles, right? You have to clear the hurdle perfectly. So I think about a guy like Bryce Ford Wheaton. I said, has he just not gotten the right coaching to get off the line of scrimmage with hand movement or footwork? Because the athleticism is there. 
why is he such a lumbering guy off the line of scrimmage? Like, it's just like, that's the type of thing was, I wish I could be on the West Virginia campus and like for three days, watch the wide receiver coach. You know, like I think about, yes, what Brian Hartline is doing at Ohio State is incredible. Granted, he has superior athletes, but you know what else? He's also coaching them up. Like, I don't care who you are. You can have a great athlete. You don't coach them up. It doesn't do anyone any good, right? So Hartline's taking great athletes who are great football receivers, and he's turning them into first-round NFL draft picks. I'm not saying Bryce Ford Wheaton was ever going to be that, but how can you have that much athleticism with that much size and you didn't dominate? Man, like, if there if, if there was a wish list for people I could get on this show to interview, Des Bryant clearly be one of them. And that's oh yeah, he's one of the guys. Yes. But but uh, but Brian Hartline would be uh, like my uh, he's he's probably top five people because think about think about the wide receivers that have gone through Ohio State and the different guys that he's coached and the experiences he's probably had at Ohio State. It's pretty damn incredible. Pretty pretty uh, damn incredible. John, I want to uh, I want to talk before yeah. we wrap this thing up. Let's say let, let's let's give a scenario or two. All right, we talked about sleepers, we talk about overrated guys, we talk some Heisman. All right. Let's let's give a little bit of a scenario. Let's say we're we're in a rookie draft, right? You're picking, let's say 105. Okay. All let's right. say um, let's say you know, Bijan's gone. Okay, Stroud, Young, Richardson. And Jackson Smith and the Jigma. So you're six. I'm sorry. Okay. Those five are gone. Where are you going? Well, people are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going Zach Charbonnet here. Now people are going to go to Jameer Gibbs because of the PPR. Would you would I, you take Charbonnet over any of those five? Like if you were, would you any of those five I listed? Would you take Charbonnet ahead of? Um, possibly. Yeah, I would take him over Anthony Richardson. And Superflex. So yes. just to be. Because I think I think people are ignoring the floor of Anthony Richardson. Yeah. yeah. Coach, you've had me on a long time. You know I love Jalen Hurts. Right. And I said, but from a dynasty standpoint, the value of Hurts is I got him in the third round. To get Anthony Richardson, you're going to have to pay a top three pick freight, which means you're a bad team. I think he needs a year on the bench. Yeah. He needs more experience. Vegas. It, it's going to, yes, that might be. But if Vegas waits, that means that you are already a bad team. Mm -hmm. And now you got to wait. Right. Like how patient are you going to be? Because they got Garoppolo. I feel like they could let Garoppolo drive the bus they for will. a year. I think you they know? would. Yes. But I, I, I don't think that. he's going to fall. I, I, I think he's a top five pick. Somebody's going to take him. I think he is now. I don't think – I mean, I think there's huge risk. Right. There's right. massive risk with him. But if I'm a dynasty owner in the top five, I need a player I can put on the field right now. I mean, it's hard for me to swallow that I got to wait 12 calendar months right. for the next dynasty draft yeah. to get a guy who's going to contribute to my dynasty team – and what if we get Trey Lance again? Let me just say one thing is we don't learn from our challenges in life. How many of you listening right now took Trey Lance with the third overall pick? And how's he doing on your fantasy team right now? You are cold-blooded, John. 
How many games has Trey Lance won yet? Dude, dude, dude got as close to the camera as possible. He looked into every one of your souls. If you drafted Trey Lance, he just asked you straight up, how are you feeling with, with this cat on your bench? That that I that mean, is- that's that's what we're looking at. And, and let me say one more thing. When I told everyone I'm I'm out on Daniel Jones, how many dynasty owners do you think drafted Daniel Jones? Still have Daniel Jones on their fantasy team now. Yeah. Man, so so the last thing uh, I want to mention is I think with the running backs, right? I think it's less dependent on where so it's less dependent on where they land. I think you could estimate where you're gonna take these running backs in the rookie draft just based upon skill. Yeah. But with these wide receivers outside of Jackson Smith and the Jigba. I mean, he, if you went to Baltimore, you're saying that's a problem. I'm saying that's a problem. So I think the wide receivers, it's very hard to mock them right now oh. because it is going to be very dependent on where they land. Is, is that correct? Oh, yeah. Dude, do any of us want Bill Belichick to take a wide receiver in round one? I mean, that's like a fantasy disaster. You're like, oh, my God. Has, has anyone actually gone to look? Google New England Patriots draft picks in the last 20 years and go search for the names of wide receivers. Chad Jackson. Who was the kid from oh, Marshall? Chad Johnson or Chad Jackson from Florida. Or yeah, who, who's I, the kid from Marshall? Oh, my God. The kid from Marshall. Yeah. But, oh. but that being said, these wide receivers are more Bill's speed. These little shifty slot guys, this is a class that actually makes sense. I would be fine with Josh Downs ending up in in New England because I feel like Bill would know how to use him. Well, I have two new rules now. Let's hear Pass catchers on New England or Baltimore, and I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not kidding because they don't do anything for fantasy. Yeah, Nothing. Give me the tight ends. Give me the running backs. I mean, the wide receivers are just – it's a death zone there. And I'm so so afraid that Zay Flowers is going to end up in New England or Baltimore. Oh, my God. A lot of people are interested. He he took a top 30 visit to Dallas too, so that that, that would be exciting. I will say this, Coach, because I know you're a Cowboys fan. He is the perfect complement to C.D. Lamb. My only knock on Zay Jones is – I'm sorry, Zay Jones. Zay Flowers is – he is so damn explosive and twitchy. Yeah. He he doesn't throttle down. No, he doesn't. Once, once he once he learns to throttle down. Yeah, yeah. And like maybe have some tempo to his routes, which I think is coaching. You know, hey, hey, you don't always need to be 110%. You know, like why don't you, you know, sell this or sell that or, you know, change your tempo so the DB doesn't know what's coming. Once he learns to do that, you are going to see this cat take a whole nother step. And that could possibly be because he's playing at Boston College. The teammates around him, the coaching staff around him, there could be a lot of factors on why he hasn't learned to use tempo as a wide receiver. I agree with that. Tempo matters and to set people up. But he just might be on a team where he felt he had to do this full throttle all day long. Right. And you know what? You can't teach hustle. So if you have to teach or coach somebody to kind of lower it down a little bit, that's not a terrible thing. So that is not a knock. My only knock for him was not a knock. It's harder to coach him up. (laughs) Yeah. 
yes. than it is to like calm oh, yeah. down a little bit. Oh, oh hell yeah! And then those guys, you got to coach up. It's it's an everyday thing. Every you got to stay on top of them. You don't you don't want that. You you got you got to put your focus everywhere else. But Justin, me and John have been in the sandbox. This is our sandbox. You know we love the NFL draft, right, and, and this is I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you wrap this thing up. I'm gonna let you take us out because uh, playtime's over. And you need to step in and help us close out the 173rd episode of Toilets and Titles. Yeah, so that, this is typically what I do anyway during a, a John Lobb and John <laughs> I just usually do it off screen. Um, the only reason I didn't this time is because I kind of felt a little bit more comfortable with some of this college game after going to the Senior Bowl with the guys and, and, and them force-feeding it down my throat for a week. Um, I've been able to take that and do my own research and get – better at it and and uh, i do i do read john law's material but i get most of my information from this john and then this john just tells me in this episode that he gets his uh, his info a lot from this john so um so Thank you. It's very cycle of johns i can't help <laughs> where all i can do is just listen and just retain so um so i apologize for not jumping in i should have just stayed in the background but uh but I appreciate your time, man. You've been absolutely wonderful. Tell them uh, once again, where can they find you at? Oh, thank you. I love coming on your show. You gentlemen know that. Um, they can find me on Twitter at GridironSkull91. It's right on the screen in front of you right now. All my written profiles for the 10th year in a row are on footballdiehards.com. And all my video series, 32 individual breakdowns with my teammate Matt Hicks are on the Rookie Big Board channel on YouTube. Outstanding, John. Appreciate your time. Thank you again. Um, uh, don't forget patreon.com slash toilets and titles. Uh, look us up, help us out. And I, I, unless you guys have anything else, I think we're out. That's it. Get in the Gilded Chat. Mock with us every Monday. George Reed is running our mock drafts and sleeper. You want to mock with us. So we'll see you in there. Take care. <laughs>